Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, straight, Mr. Span. Uh, how's it going, man? What's happening with you? I'm good, man. Chilling. Cool. Same here. Where you here. been at? Huh? <laughs> you said where I've been at? Yeah, where you been at, man? Oh, well, you know, the, the law caught up with a brother. I had to go do like eight or nine months. No, I'm joking. No, i just been chilling, man. Um, Yeah, just, you know, taking it easy. Took a break from podcasting for a minute. And went around fuck with some white chicks. And, uh, yeah, now I'm back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been like a couple of years, I guess, since we spoke. So, um, yeah, what's been going on with you uh, in between then and now? Oh, man, not a whole lot, man. I just moved out of the city, um, got engaged, got a promotion. Uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, things have been pretty goddamn good for me the last few, last few years, the last time we spoke. Yeah, actually, so many legal troubles. Huh? That's no more legal trouble. Yeah, because that was the last conversation. One of the things we talked about two years ago was the fact that you were going through that shit. So let me ask you this before we get deep into the conversation. You want to Bluetooth anything, or are you talking directly into it for me? I'm talking directly into my phone. Okay, straight. Just want to make sure. Great. All right, so yeah, I actually saw that on Facebook. Uh, they sent me a little notice and shit that uh, old boy got engaged. And I was like, okay. I don't know him, but is that like you got engaged to your baby mama or you got engaged to another chick? That's another woman. Me and my baby mama, that's not happening at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what's the reason why that was. It was the reason why that wasn't why that was next. <laughs> nah, I totally understand. So the young lady you're engaged to now, like how'd y'all meet, how long y'all been together, stuff like that? Oh, man, we would dating off and on for about three or four years. And uh, it's crazy. We met online. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, like we had been dating like off and on for about three or four years, and then we kind of like got really serious about it. We've been living together the past two years. And, uh, yeah, man, things have been pretty good. Things have been real good. I know when you say you met online, is like a dating site, or did you do what some niggas found out that I just found out about? They they go trolling on on Twitter and Facebook for chicks, and then they just sort of start dating them. Did you do? How'd you meet your chick? Oh, oh man, I, it was an old site, and I don't even this site is even up anymore. I don't know. You remember Cutspot? You ever heard of that site? What's that? I said, you ever heard of the site Cutspot? First spot, nah. Nah, it was like old. I don't even, like I said, I don't even think it's up anymore. It was like uh, back, I guess it might have been like maybe six years ago. And uh, I had a little page on there, and I wasn't even really using the page much anymore. I just went on there like kind of curious and see if I had any messages or anything like that on there and looked up and she had hit me up. And so, uh, you know, we exchanged some messages back and forth or whatever, got a chance to meet. 
and uh, you know, just kind of like carry on conversation after that. You know what I mean? Just kind of slowly fleshed out that friendship. You know, where it wasn't just like on no, you know, where like a lot of guys or like just with pe- people. Period. It wasn't like on no straight up just hook up kind of shit. It was like we actually fleshed out a friendship after that. So, um, like I said, we dated off and on for about a good three or four years before we actually, you know, got serious about it. Okay, so, like, when you get engaged, because a brother like me has never been engaged, so, like, when you get engaged, um, for you, since I'm talking to you, is there, like, a certain amount of time before you're, like, okay, it's time to get married? Are you, like, a one-year, five-year, ten-year type of dude? Or? Nah, man, I ain't never put myself on any type of timetables like that. You know, that's one of the things I think a lot of people get caught up in, and I think that screws a lot of folks up because they think that there is a, there's a certain timetable and there's a certain uh, – there's just a certain way of doing things, and I think that messes a lot of folks up. I've never been on, like, the timetable like that. I've actually uh, I've been thinking about it with her at least for the, like, past two years. You know what I mean? Um, I actually had a conversation with her father about this last year. So, you know, it's been a, it's, it's been a, a thing that I've, I've been seriously thinking about. And so, uh, you know, like, I, like for me, though, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, that there was a certain time period. Like, well, you know what, I'm 35, about to be 35. You go ahead and tell It was never anything like that for me. It was just like, you know, is this the right person for me? And if I believe that's the right person for me, then why not go ahead and do that? And I think that's what most people should do, you know? Find the right person or the person you feel is best for you. Go ahead and do that. But don't do it because you got, like, a certain timetable set up for yourself. Yes, sir. So let me ask you, are you like the marriage-minded dude? You like always wanted to get a relationship and eventually move toward marriage, or how, how have you been? Um, I, I would say so. I mean, I've never been a, um, I've never been the kind of guy that's just like, you know, my, my, my mission in life was to conquer a whole lot of chicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just has never been my, my, the way I roll. So usually, um, the women that I've entered into relationships with are women that I thought I could see myself with. Um, and that's just pretty much how I've rolled. I don't think I've ever been the kind of guy that's just like, you know what, I'm about to slide down as many chicks as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. So y'all doing the shacking up thing, the sharing bank accounts thing, or all that stuff is coming a little later? Oh, uh, we've, been, we've been living together the last two years. You know, and the funny thing is, like, I remember the last conversation me and you had, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, how, you know, how that would go about whether or not you would prefer living with a person before doing that and everything else. And I said it then, like, I would prefer to live with somebody before I decided if I, whether or not I would, you know, be married to them because you figure out a lot of the things about that person that you like and that you don't like. And you kind of get a preview over as to what your married life is going to be like. So for me, you know, that's just pretty much how I thought about it, and I still think about it to this day. That's how I've that's, and that's how pretty much how this has kind of panned out, you know. Um, you know, a lot of folks got the, you know, religious hookups about, you know, whether or not they should, you know, shack up or so to speak. But, you know, that's pretty much, for me, it was, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of watch this person grow, watch this person move, and whether or not this uh, is a combination that can work long term, you know. So that's pretty much how it's worked out for us. Okay, good deal. 
So let's jump into this, because this is one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you, to get your opinion on what's going on socially and worldwide, because um, I'm not heavily into politics or the news or any of that shit. Uh, but you can't help mm-hmm. but, but yeah, like, what's going on? You know, niggas getting shot, cops just straight on some, let's just kill a nigga type shit, it seems, across mm-hmm. the country. So uh, what's your opinion yeah. about that? Well, honestly, I think, like, all of it is is, is, is fucked up you know, to a certain degree. And it's to a point now where, like, even being careful doesn't necessarily keep you safe from anything happening to you, right? Um, We've seen police shoot dudes in the back just running away now. We've actually seen this on video. People have watched this happen. So even being careful, even in certain instances, uh, being compliant. There was another instance in uh, South Carolina where a guy got shot after the officer told him to show him some identification. He goes to reach back into the car to get the ID. The officer shoots him in the hip. So even when you're compliant, some shit could happen to you. Um, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I kind of think that this is the kind of thing that has been happening a lot all the time but we didn't necessarily have the uh, we didn't have the surveillance that we have now. You know, now everybody has cell phones. Everybody uh, has a, a, a security camera mounted anywhere. Like the police cars have dash cams mounted. Uh, some police officers are already walking around with body cams. There are cameras and recording devices everywhere now. So I think the, the fact that the, the fact of the matter is we're seeing it more now because there are more means to record it. It's probably always been this way. And we've heard these stories all the time. But because we're able to actually see these things happen, uh, it, it's brought an awareness that, uh, you know, not, that not only black people have always had, but everybody else can now see that this is some shit that we've been trying to tell y'all for the longest. Yeah, and you, like you just mentioned, the dude reached in his glove department and got shot by the cops in one incident you just described. And I know last time we talked, you talked about you keeping your gun and your center console in your car. I don't know if you still do that. But you now, with a concealed carrying permit and the fact that you have guns, how do you feel as a dude who carries guns knowing that you have a weapon? And it's a two-part question. A, do you feel more protected now because you can then retaliate, or do you think you could actually shoot a motherfucking cop if it came down to it? Well, one, like the the thing with having the gun isn't necessarily to protect me against police, right? That that was never the reason why I had it. It was more so my... My thing with having the gun was taking my own protection into my own hands and not depending upon the police to do that because, generally speaking, the police come after some shit happens. So in the meantime, while folks are calling the police, what am I to do? You know what I mean? So I still carry my gun. I mean, I don't uh, – and generally speaking, like if a police officer pulls me over, he already knows that I'm licensed because he's already run the plate. So uh, I just had an instance uh, happen a, a couple months ago where an officer pulled me over for tenant windows, right? I'm just minding my own business, you know, tenant windows. And, uh, yeah, I'm nervous because now of all of these things happening, because of all of these things happening, and, I'm, and I do have a weapon in the car, you know, which would give him more, even more reason to maybe be a bit jumpy, uh, that now I'm rolling the windows down. I'm putting my hands out of the window as he's walking up to the car, you know, just to kind of make it, Make it plain that look, dude, this is I'm not a threat, and then I identify that I have a gun in the car, and then you know he tells me, well, you know the reason I stopped you is because you got tinted windows, you need to get these these tents taken off, and 
it's like, okay, cool, man, just give me the ticket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just give me the ticket. Let's just make this as painless as possible. Give me the ticket. I'll fight this some other way. I'm not about to litigate this with you on the side of the road where there could be an escalated incident. So um, it's one of those things where now with all of these things happening with police, and especially with police and black men, it's something that's always present in my mind when I get pulled over. But at the same time, try to mitigate the circumstances, try to make this dude feel as comfortable as possible so that this traffic stop can go as smoothly as possible and I can go on and, you know, go on about my way. Yeah, but let's just say hypothetically, and, you know, I'm not hoping anything like this ever happens. Let's just say hypothetically you come across that one cop who's just like a fucking nigga type cop. And um, you're being compliant. You're doing everything you feel as though you need to do to make the situation as, as seamless and smooth as possible. And then, like you said, to prove that you're not a threat to this officer. But he just happens mm-hmm. to be one of those motherfucking officers who doesn't like black folks. Um, and you come across a situation to where it's like your life or his life. I don't know. You got out the car. Maybe he's pushing you around and handling you just a little too rough. And you feel as though your life is threatened. Um, what would you do? Or could you shoot a cop in a situation like that? Um, here's the thing, like, I have to be in a point where I feel like my life is in danger before I pull my weapon on anybody, right? Um, the fact of the matter is, if I'm in a situation where uh, I'm dealing with a police officer and there's uh, an altercation somewhat, um, at the end of the day, I still have to, you know, the benefit of the doubt isn't necessarily going to be given to me. Um, and we've seen that. We've seen the, the police officers, you know, pretty much get off with, well, he had a gun or he was trying to go for my gun. And now, even if I'm right, I'm still dead and wrong, right? Because if I do shoot this guy, now I'm a cop killer. Everybody, all these white folks want me dead. I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty much on edge all the time. I got to watch where I go and everything else to stalking you online and whatnot, right? But I'm a hero to the black community because I got this pig off the street, <laughs> right? But then at the same time, uh, I have to deal with the consequences of, okay, now you got to go to trial. Now you could possibly lose the rest of your life behind bars. You know, all of these things are kind of playing out in the back of your head. But at the, at the base level of it, you want to get to a point, you want to make this, to where it doesn't get to that point. And that's what that whole making this cop feel comfortable shit is about. You want to, at the base level, avoid that at all costs. And that's pretty much what I'm trying to do, is to avoid those kind of situations. Even with the gun, I'm not looking for a fight with anybody. I'm just looking at this kind of mind my own business. And if it comes to it, if I have to, if I desperately have to, then, yeah, something's going to go down, and hopefully I'm not on the business end of it or I'm not on the, on the wrong end of it. But at the base level, my operations when dealing with police is to make sure that I don't even have to, it doesn't even escalate to that point. So even if he does come to me wrong, disrespectfully, and everything else, my mindset is on the back end of this, there's a way to fight this that doesn't involve me killing this dude. So that's that's how you have to kind of mentally prepare yourself, and that's how you kind of, have to operate when you walk around with a gun, man. You can't just, you know, at the end of the day, the gun can't be the end-all, be-all. Even with the gun, you have to have other tools and mental capacity to kind of navigate around a lot of those situations. So what I pride myself on is trying to mentally 
navigate around these situations to it where it doesn't get to a point where it's my life or his and I'm taking his. Yes, sir, I can respect that. Uh, now, check this out. Um, do you think, given the circumstance, given the, the, the environment we're living in, like you said, it's probably always been this way, but now everybody has some way of videotaping shit and, and having proof of it. Um, so what's to say we, even with the mindset, and I do believe to a certain degree, it's, it's always been going on, but now it's more publicized, and like you said, everybody has cell phones that they can videotape and record it now, and it, it's proven mm-hmm. what people have been saying all along. So given all of that, um, do you think it's even worth it? Since you said the initial reason you got it was not to protect yourself against the police, but to protect yourself against niggas who may be wanting to harm you while you're out in public. So given all of that, do you think it's even worth it, uh, what we just talked about, plus just everything involved? Do you think it's worth it to even have a concealed weapons permit and to still carry a gun? Do you think it's still worth it? Indeed. Indeed. Because, again, the reason that I carry is for... Uh, you know, is, is, is my taking my responsibility, taking the responsibility of my safety into my own hands and not relying on anybody else for that. So going back, my whole thinking is I'm not relying on the police to protect me. You know what I mean? Like if I'm out on my day to day and I'm, 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 you know, I'm out and about and maybe shopping or something like that, or I may be uh, putting gas in my car or whatever. There are going to, be, you know, there could be a situation where, yeah, something's happening, and it's an immediate situation. Police are nowhere around. Nobody can call the cops yet because, for whatever reason, it may just be me and this person involved in this altercation. No one's there at that particular moment to call the police, and the police get there. Now they got to decipher what the hell happened. So, my thinking with carrying a weapon is that my my safety is is for me to protect. Nobody else's responsibility is, uh, is nobody else that has a responsibility but me. So even dealing with the fact that, you know, that you have police that are on some killer nigga shit, even though you have some white folks who are on some killer nigga shit, even though you may have a situation where it might be another brother who, for whatever reason, decides he wants to try you in a situation where it could be your life or his. At the end of the day, I have to protect me. Regardless to whether or not, what the, regardless of what the police are doing, regardless of what these white folks are doing, regardless of what other brothers are doing, my responsibility for my safety lies with me. So that's why I care. I carry because nobody else is going to protect me the way that I protect me. Nobody else is going to love me <laughs> the way that I love me. So um, I would much rather be in a situation where, like, you know, I do have some type of means to protect myself as opposed to I'm just asked out. You know, now it is what it is. Somebody's taking me out, and I had no means of stopping it whatsoever. So that's what that's my mindset, brother. Okay. So when's the last time you got into an altercation with a dude, um, an argument, a disagreement, or to the point where it almost came to blows? Actually, came to blows. When's the last time that happened? Oh man, shit, that's been so long. I can't even remember. I might have been a teenager the last time I really got into an altercation with a guy where it, like, blows. Wait, I'll take that back. College. In college. Sophomore year in college, we got to, like, a brawl. And it wasn't just me. It was, you know, a couple guys I was with and a couple guys that uh, that was at a, we was at a cute party <laughs> in college, and we got into a little scuffle or whatever. But that was, shit, thinking back on it, that was, like, maybe 13, 14 years ago now, you know. And a lot of it is, you know, pretty much how you how you carry yourself, man. It, 
it's, it's a lot of it is how you carry yourself, and a lot of it is the circles that you surround yourself with too. So I don't put myself in places where I feel like I might have to scrap tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? I try not to be places or interact with people where I feel like, yo, I might have to knock this motherfucker's head off. That ain't how I roll. I, a lot of times, man, be quite honest with you, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a homebody. If I'm not at home, then I'm out with my girl. If I'm not out with my girl, then I'm at work. Very little opportunity to get involved into some bullshit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I try to avoid being in situations like that at all costs. But, you know, every now and again, you might get into, a, like, a, 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 a discussion with somebody at work, so to, so to speak. Get into a discussion with somebody at work, and you may disagree with his perspective or whatever, but it's not going to go no further than that because both of y'all got something to lose, and that's your important. So, I, 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 it's, it's, for me, it's circles, circumstances, and behavior. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm a homebody. I stay at home more often than not. If I'm out and about, nine times out of ten, I'm out with my woman, and that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that um, you carry yourself a certain way. Let me ask you, and maybe, I don't know, let's just think back to the days maybe before you had your, your gun and you used to carry your gun around. Uh, do you walk different mm-hmm. now? Do you feel a little more confident now, like walking with the gun? Uh, does it sort of change your perspective on things, knowing that you do have that uh, protection walking around a while? Well, I think the thing of it now is um, because of the responsibility of carrying that, you kind of know that, like, you do have a – there's a sense of power that comes with it. Let's just, be, let's just make that plain. There's a sense of power that comes with that. But at the same time, because it's Michigan and because it's Wayne County, and because there are so many people carrying guns in Wayne County, you can't operate under the assumption that you're the only one attacking. So, you know, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like how you think about with like the Cold War with the United States and you and, and Russia, where it's like both of them have nuclear weapons, and both of them can wipe each other off of the face of the earth. And so, because you got these, uh, uh, with that assured destruction for both. It kind of there's a bit of restraint that comes with that. So even in having it, you know, you have that 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 responsibility of I could take this person out. Do I really want to do that? And is this person worth the rest of my life for me to do that? Honestly, for me, it gives me a, a bit of a restraint. Now, how I carry myself is the same pretty much across the board. Man, I I'm, I'm still respectful to folks when I see them. I acknowledge folks when I see them. You know what I mean? I keep I open doors for folks and everything else. Be who you are. Don't let that gun change you to the point where, like, you're just looking for a fight all the damn time. And that's not how I rolled anyway. But at the same time, having that gun on you does give you a sense of power. And it can, you know, for a lot of folks, give them a power trip to where they're always looking for something. Like, you know, they say, like, when you have a gun, it becomes every, the gun is like a hammer and every problem becomes nail and you're looking to nail everything down. That can happen. I try to operate in a space where I'm not in that kind of that I'm not in that kind of mindset to where everything is let me go shoot. Right now, you know, sometimes people like let's say they're leaving the house. This happened to me like once or twice, where and I forget my cell phone. Like just walk out the house without my cell phone, and I get in my car and I'm about mm-hmm. to pull up, and I have to make this, this decision: Am I going to go back in the house and get my cell phone, or can I run and do this quick trip 
and then come back without it. Some people feel naked without the cell phone. Do you feel naked like without your gun? If you wow, you stepped out the house and you realize, damn, I forgot my gun. Would you roll without your gun or would you go back in and get it every time? Well, I've had to roll without my gun. For like a good six months, I had to roll without my gun because I had uh, my license had expired. So I had to uh, go through the process of, uh, you know, uh, getting my license renewed, and there was a wait for that. I ended up waiting like another six months. So I couldn't carry it all. You know, I I could have it at home. I just couldn't walk around the streets with it, and I, I pretty much operated the same, you know. I, I didn't change anything about how, you know, how I did things. There were times where, you know, I kind of wish that I did have it. Just, you know, it was a bit of a security blanket. But it got to a point, like, after about four or five months of not having it on me all the time, where I, you know, just get, got kind of used to it. But I still wanted to have it, you know what I mean? So that's why I went through the process of going ahead and get my license renewed. But I went six months with, uh, when my license was expired and I didn't have it. And it felt funny. My clothes started fitting different because you got <laughs> to kind of uh, kind of account for that when you buy pants and shit like that and whether or not, uh, you know, how you wear your belt and everything else. My clothes started fitting different. But uh, outside of that, man, um, I pretty much operated the same. You know, there was a, a, a sense of, or it was, it was a bit different, but, you know, street people with respect, man, kind of go on about your day, you know, nonchalantly. I mean, just the same way as you always would. But for me, it was a tool that I, I carried around all the time. I went six months without it, so it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. But, yeah, I, I, I did want it. I, I did want to have it back. So, yeah. Um, it's a security blanket for a lot of folks. So if you're used to having your phone, your cell phone, your keys, your wallet, and your gun on you every day, that's pretty much how that person's going to roll. Unfortunately for me, I let that license expire, and I had to go without it for six months. But, I mean, I managed. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, yeah. Let, let's, let's just let's put things in perspective. So, like, get a priority, like, what, what's important to you in life? I want to try to find out, like, what's important to you in life. You know how some people say God, money, and family, or whatever the bullshit is. Like, for you, like, in order, like, what things are important to you, starting with the most important to the least important? Oh, man, me, most important thing is security. And not even just so much like uh, physical security and safety and things like that, but just like financial security, being able to financially provide for my family, being able to uh, do the things that I want to do when I want to do them. You know what I mean? I think financial security is the biggest thing for me, and then everything else kind of falls in line behind that, you know, uh, that's just pretty, yeah. Financial security is the biggest thing for me. Okay, so what's the, the biggest thing? Got money right is now. one, so yeah, money is one, so like what's second, third, and fourth? Second, third, and fourth. Um, my woman, my child, my family, you know, the the, the, the typical things that uh, most, uh, most men who have people in their lives that they care about, you know, would, would, would put up, you know what I mean? Um, I want them to be happy. I want them to be safe. I want them to uh, be able to have things that they want. You know, the, the whole provider thing uh, is big with me right now, you know, being able to provide for those around me and those that I love. So um, that's why I guess I said financial security was probably the number one because it allows me to do those things for other people. Um, you know, not so much, you know, taking care of me, but just like I know that um, there are people that depend upon me 
to get things done and to uh, and kind of take care of. So that's that's a responsibility in and of itself that I don't think about enough of us take uh, put a lot of thought into. So uh, yeah, I mean just number one financial security, but then at the same time, you know, my woman, my daughter, my family, those all of those are big with me. I'm a I'm real big on family. I'm a sentimental cat like that. Okay, I appreciate that. And uh, this is a way for me to get to know a little more about you and for people who may be listening as well. Like, um, what's something we may be surprised about with you? Like, I don't know, maybe you're a member of the Elton John fan club. You got the Barry Manilow CD collection. Like, something. what's something we would be surprised <laughs> about? No, nah, man, I think the biggest thing that, she's probably, that uh, will probably surprise a lot of folks is that I watch a lot of, uh, I watch a lot of, like, real housewives. <laughs> like, the housewives of Atlanta is my shit. <laughs> I sit up, I watch that shit. And I love every bit of it. It's not something like a lot of brothers would admit to, but I sit up and I watch that shit all the time. That and Scandal. There's a lot of brothers that don't like Scandal, but I watch Scandal. So, like, I guess, um, like, watching shows like that, like, that's something that a lot of <laughs> that folks might find a bit surprising. Like, you watch that? Come on, man. I need to know shit that me and Watson, what the fuck you doing? I've had that conversation. I've you had that conversation with some brothers, man. Oh, yeah. Like, man, this is good TV. You want some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, what is it about the um, Housewives show that you like? Oh, man. Just, um, it's just interesting to me to see, like, to, to kind of watch how women operate and how they move. You know what I mean? Like, how they interact with one another. You know, it's almost like an anthropological kind of thing. Like, man, there's, there's a... There's a way that women operate in the mood when, when they're around us, and then there's the way that they move and they operate amongst each other. So in a way, they kind of, like, try to, even though I think this is a real poor way of doing it, but in a way to try to understand women, kind of watch some of the shows that they watch and, and, and try to follow the logic in what it is that they're doing and why they chose to go that way. Now, a lot of time it isn't necessarily, like, on these kind of, kind of shows, it's a bit sensational and everything else. And sometimes they're a bit over the top, but um, it for me it's like okay, I think it's, it's at first I think it's entertaining, and then too, it's really just like okay, I'm 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 trying to watch how these women move, and what makes them tick, and uh, why do they make certain decisions? You know, what I mean, it's 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 a, it's a train wreck to a certain extent, but at the same time. I'm really just watching to see how they move. And, and not only that, black women love these shows. I want to understand why black women love it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so to give you some insight, like you said, into black women, and um, and uh, I guess so you're in the situation now, but if you weren't in the situation, it's the type of thing that may be able to help a brother, you feel, or at least you? What, just watching Housewives? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the brother, you know what I mean? Like, um, cause again, a lot of it is just like over the top. A lot of it is sensationalized. A lot of it is, um, you know, just drama manufactured. You know what I mean? Like they kind of stage certain situations to get a certain outcome with certain people. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, whether or not other brothers can sit up and watch it as far as like, you know, understanding how black women move and think. I, I think it just depends on the brother and, and, and what he plans on, you know, deducing from watching that show. I mean, I still watch it 
for entertainment purposes too. You know what I mean? I was like, God damn, they really did that. She really cheated on her dude like that. Did she really send her text message? That bitch crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of shit. Yeah. But <laughs> but you know, at the, you know, for me, it's like it, I, I think it's I think it's compelling TV, man. I, I, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Love and hip hop, another one of my guilty pleasures. But I sit up, I watch all of that shit. A lot of it is just you know. Uh, not only be entertained, but also just figure out, man, like how these women are moving and try to understand, um, you know, the thought processes of a lot of these women, man. No doubt. No doubt. So let me ask you again as a way to sort of get to know a little more about you for folks to find out about you yeah. that know about you. I'm like, what do you do for fun? Do you play ball at all, basketball, football, like what, chess, checkers? Like what do you do for fun, bro? Well, for one, you know I, I go shooting. But, uh, I play video games, man. I sit up, I play with my Xbox, I play with my PlayStation. I usually sit back and I do that to relax. You know what I mean? Um, you know, my job is real physical, so, like, by the time I get home from work, I don't really feel like doing a whole hell of a lot. So, for me, uh, shooting, playing video games, uh, going out to the movies, man. Every now and again, we go out to the movies, uh, going out to nice restaurants. That's another one of my favorite pastimes, but for the most part, man, I, I go shooting and I play video games. That's pretty much how, um, that's how you, that's how I stay out of trouble, man. I'm at home. Yeah, I'm at that. home. I'm playing video games, man. Talking shit with 13-year-old white boys talking about how they fuck my mama. <laughs> so what video games you into? Like, what's the shit that you like to play when you play? Um, I, I played Destiny on the Xbox One, and then I got, uh, was it NBA 2K15 on my PlayStation 4. And I'm really into my NBA 2K15 because it's like a they got the my career mode where you pretty much it's like a role playing game where like you navigating the career as an NBA basketball player from beginning to the end pretty much. So I'm just trying to like make this dude the greatest player of all time before I go ahead and hang it up and make him retire. All right, so what position you got yourself playing? Uh, shooting guard for the Bulls. And I got my Nike endorsement, too, so I got to design my own kicks, man. They're pretty fly. You should get a pair. <laughs> <laughs> would, you name, would you name your shoes? What's the name of your shoes? Oh, man, they're the Airspan 37s, man. <laughs> Airspan 37s. You know, it's funny with the game, too, though, because they had an endorsement with, like, Nike ID to where, like, you could actually design the shoes in the game and then ha- actually have those shoes made. I don't know if they're still doing that or not, but oh, I know really? a couple of years I, ago, you great. could actually design your shoes in the game and they would make them for you and you could actually have them made. Yo, that's crazy. So, yo, are you, like, a Nike fanatic? Do you have, like, Nike shoe collection and all that shit or what? Nah, not really. Not, it, it all depends on the shoe. A lot of times, uh, like, I'll, I'll, I'll rock a pair of Jordans. I got a few pair of Air Max, but then I rock a pair of Adidas, too. Uh, I got some, uh, what's that? Hell, I even got, like, a pair of, like, rock courts. And it's funny because, like, rock courts are, like, one of those kind of shoes where, like, folks associated with, like, orthopedic and old folks. But, like, here in Michigan, like, I don't know if it's specific to just Michigan, but um, they have, like, rock court shoes. They have really nice casual shoes, man. So, um, you know, every now and again, I might pull those. Out. It's been a long time since I did, but I'm not real specific as to, you know, brand or like anything like that. So long as they look good and they're comfortable, man, I'm cool with them. Okay. So, yo, um, you ever done any crazy shit like bungee jumping or 
uh, zip lining or paddle boarding. Not, not the paddle boarding is crazy, but like, you know, any white people type shit. You ever done anything crazy like that? No, I haven't. But I do want to go like, uh, I said one of the things I did want to do, I wanted to go parasailing, man. That shit looks like fun. It looks like the closest thing you'll get to flying outside a hang glide. So I did say I wanted to uh, do something like that, go on a cruise or something to like the Dominican Republic and be in the Atlantic Ocean parasailing. That shit looks like fun. So I haven't had the opportunity to do it just yet, but pretty soon it'll happen. It'll happen soon enough. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. Yo, um, do me a favor, if you don't mind, shoot me a couple of promos for 2015. It's like introduce yourself, talk about um, whatever you want to toss out through your podcast, any social networking information, and then uh, just tag it. Well, first of all, just do that for me, and then you know, introduce yourself and toss out your information you want to give out. Are you still calling to play any of the podcast, bro? Yeah, it's still at. Mm-hmm. You still got the same feed because I got I'm subscribed to your show, but I haven't been getting any uh any new episodes. You still got the same feed, it, or did it change? It's crazy. Um, I, iTunes had deleted my feed. I don't know why. I guess I did something illegal, copyright type shit, and uh, they deleted it like I guess like two, three years ago now. Uh, so no, I don't think those episodes, unless you were subscribed back then, you probably won't get any new ones. So you probably have to um just um. Just go and do a search for the play hater and see what pops up. Some feed may pop up. I'm not sure because they deleted my original one. All right. All right. You want me to do your drop real quick, right? Yeah, anytime you're ready, brother. All right. All right, here goes. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Mr. Stan of the Spare Report Podcast, and you're listening to the Player Hater Podcast, real podcast of all you real cats out there. Check him out for the 2015. The brother's back. Get at it. And listen to the Sarah Peace. How was that? Yeah, that was perfect. Give me one more. You got anything you want to toss out there as far as Twitter, Facebook, anything like that? Oh, no, nah, man, because by the time they get to, like, if they come see me, then, like, I give them all of that. I want to hit you up with a whole bunch of Twitter feeds and all that other shit. So, um, okay. Well, yeah, just do me one yeah. minute. Um, yeah, just to promo your show. This is Spam from the Spam Report, and um, I'm listening to play a podcast. Like that. Okay. Um, all right, here you go. Yo, what's happening, everybody? This is Mr. Spam of the Spam Report Podcast. Listen to my homie, the Mr. Ah, he- oh, shit, man, I didn't fuck that one up. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, yo, what's happening, everybody? This is Mr. Spam of the Spam Report Podcast. You're listening to the Play a Hater Podcast. Real podcasting all the time. Cool. That'll work. Yo, that'll work, I mean. Yo, is there anything else you want to talk about, brother? Because uh, I just want to talk about certain things, like I said, the gun topic and anything like that. Anything was on your mind today? Uh, well, you know what? Like, I'm doing my show tonight live. Um, I'm going to be talking about a, a few things. Man, like, I got a, a, a co-worker that admitted to being a crackhead to me this week. So I'm, I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm going to kind of talk a bit about that, man. I'm going to talk about that Floyd Mayweather-Pacquiao fight a little bit and like the, in regards to, like, the, the attitude black men have about domestic violence and shit. And, um, yeah, then I'm going to do, like, a Mother's Day tribute, you know, because it's Mother's Day weekend or whatever else. So I'm going uh, to speak on that. But I do my shows live on YouTube now, man. So if you want to check okay. it out, you can check it out. Yeah, I do want to check that out. You do them on a specific night or what? I do. I usually do them on Saturday nights at nine o'clock. So right now I got the the Google Hangouts already like set up, ready to go. So I go live at nine, and then like you could either watch it from my website 
or you can go to uh, YouTube, type in the fan report. It'll take you to my channel, and then you can watch it live from, uh, from right from YouTube. Okay, that's what's up. Then, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, you get that information yeah. out there. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good to hear you back, man. Real talk. Huh? I said it's good to see that you're back, man. Oh, I'm just doing what I, I see. You doing your shit like you taking some. You were doing it like sporadically before, but now I see you into it full time, pretty much. Well, see, the thing of it was, it, it was all format for me. You know what I mean? Like before, when I first came out with the show, it was almost like on some comedic kind of shit. I was trying to make shit funny, and I'm really not a comedian. So, like, trying to take regular news stories and stuff like that and make the shit funny or try to put some humor to it when I don't, I'm not really, like, gifted in that way, yeah, it, it was work. So, like, and just putting out a one-hour show would take me 12 hours to produce. Right. And that would all be in one day. Right. So the way that I got it set up now, man, I'm pretty much off the cuff. Everything I'm saying is live now. And, you know, it's just how I feel at the time. And so um, it's been working out to where I can pretty much knock out an episode in a little bit under two hours. And I not only do I got the video for it on YouTube, but now I can just, um, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, edit out, you know, edit it up real quick in, uh, in, in my little podcasting uh, software or whatever. The audio software that I use, you know, kind of edit out some of the things that might have, like, you know, for sound quality or whatever else. And boom, that episode's up within an hour after I'm done, you know, recording. So and for me, it was all format. Once I figured out a format that I was comfortable with and that I could really work with, then I was able to, run, you know, get up and run it. Right. So like you said, you came out with the funny type news stuff, trying to make it funny. But like you said, it's not so much your personality to do that. Um, so now what yeah. you do one line with your personality, you feel a lot more comfortable doing it. Yeah. You know, and I, I used to like um, – you know, like I used to have a lot of music playing on my show and stuff like that, trying to figure out what music to play, how I'm going to tie this music into what it is I'm talking about on the show. It was so much production, like just work production-wise, just trying to get one show out that it was like, okay, man, I, I got to take a break from this shit because I, I was trying to figure out, seriously, like I was trying to figure out how I was going to, you know, keep doing it, especially like you get something like writer's block because now I'm trying to write jokes and shit. I'm trying to make it funny. You get something like writer's block or something like that, man, where, like, you ain't feeling funny. You ain't feeling like you got really anything significant to say about it. So for me, like, recognize that I don't really have to speak about everything, just the shit that I really know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, you know, that's what you really want to bring to the listeners. Like, you actually kind of know what it is you're talking about before you say anything on it instead of just going out there saying something for the sake of saying it. So now I just kind of speak about the shit that, I, that means something to me, though, like, you know, something that's relevant and going on in the news or whatever, and I can, you know, kind of take notes throughout the week to decide on what it is I really want to talk about, and then, boom, Saturday night, hit the mic. Just hit the mic running. Right. It's like, as you go along with it, man, it's like, it takes time, and that's why I try to give new podcasters a break, because I know starting out, you you know you want to do a podcast, but you don't really know what you want to do as far as the podcasting goes. Mm -hmm. It takes a little while to figure that out. And uh, once yeah. you figure it out, it makes the whole process so much easier because I, I totally understand what you're saying as far as that shit wearing you the fuck out. It takes 12 hours to put together a one-hour show. And just imagine, my shit ain't even an hour. It takes me that amount of time. So I, I honestly understand yeah. what you mean. It takes a lot of time. By the time you get that one episode together, like you said, you tie it. But then you got to come around and yeah. put another one together for the next week. And it's like it takes and a lot of time. And, it, it and promotion. <laughs> right, and you got to promote like, hey, I got a new episode out of everybody, <laughs> you know. So 
like a job. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, it becomes like a job. It's like, I, honestly, I know we could dedicate ourselves. I don't know about you. I don't want to speak for you, but I could dedicate myself to not just the podcast, but everything creatively that I have in mind. I can dedicate a full few years, like, on that, and I'd be happy. Uh, but knowing that yeah. that's not all it is. It's like you, it's it's a hobby for the most part. You still got a job and a career to take care of, and this is just a hobby mm-hmm. that's taking so much fucking time. Even though you love it, it still takes so much out of you. Yeah, yeah. And it, but you know what, though? Like, if you get to this point, you know, where, like, even uh, you, you, you went through those, those kind of growing pains, you just spent the money on software, equipment, and everything else, you get to that point, and after you've been in it in a few years, you can put in, you know, I'm in like seven to be my 72nd episode. You put in so many, you know, so many episodes after so much time, you're like, you know what, I think I, I, I kind of got it. It took me three years to figure out exactly how I wanted to, keep, like, continue doing this show mm-hmm. and how I wanted to, like, you know, uh, disperse the information and, and bring everything together. It took me three years to do that. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean that's what happened. That's what I don't know. You were gonna say something else? What? What's that? Oh no, I thought you was about to bounce into something else because I was gonna agree with you and say, yeah, it takes a little while to figure out what you want to do, and then once you do it, then it's yeah, then it's pretty much it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You get to you get to the point like Rod and Karen, where they do it, you know, full time, and they get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's like every podcast's dream is to do that, man. Yeah, but the thing is, I think for a lot of folks is to understand that, you know, if you're going to do that or if you're going to get to a point where they are, it takes a lot of fucking work. And I just think for a lot of folks, they ain't really put in the work that they have put in to get to that point. A lot of people are coming in now. They see where Rod and Karen are now. They figure they could just kind of hop in and boom, it's going to happen. No, they've been grinding for a while. You know, it, it, took, it took years for they show to get to this point. So... You know, once people figure out that, you know, the work, you know, the, those kind of things come with time and work, then, you know, they'll be okay. But a lot of folks give up when they see it ain't happening as fast as they think it should. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on with Rod and Karen because I hadn't been in contact with them or anybody for like two years or so. So what's going on with them that you know of? Well, Rod does a show full time. That's his income now. He works on himself. <laughs> that show is fully is 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 his own business in his, uh, in and of itself. I think Karen still works, but for Rod, that's all he does now. That's the show is his income, and he you know the show's doing well, man. They didn't had write ups about him in uh, was it the Huffington Post? Uh, Complex Media did a, a write up that included uh, included their show in it. Um, I'm trying to think, it was another publication that came out with shows uh, with black podcasts that you should be listening to, and that show was mentioned on that. So, like, they're actually doing – they're doing really damn well. They got sponsors and everything on the show. I think Double sponsored this show. Tweaked Audio sponsored this show. Uh, Shadow Dog Productions sponsored this show. So they got sponsors. They got a ton of donators. Um, yeah. I mean, like, they're doing good. They're doing real good. Oh, that's good for them. I mean, like you said, they put in a lot of work. So, yeah, I mean, that's good to hear yeah. because, like that anybody who does this and is, is aspiring to get to that level, then, yeah, at least they got an opportunity. At least they know that it can be done with the, with the right amount of work, you know? Yeah. Are you a part of that Black Podcast United group? Nah. Oh, well, you haven't seen any of those discussions where folks are talking to who are getting mad. Oh, that's, that's the Facebook group, you mean, right? The one on Facebook? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I'm a member of that. But, I mean, man, trust me, I'm I'm not on Facebook or Twitter hardly ever. But, yeah, I am a member of that group, though. Oh, okay. And then they talk a lot about, you know, who gets what shine and everything else. There's a lot of jealousy within the group. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of it is just like, just kind of take care of your own house and make sure that you do what you're supposed to do and those things will come. You can't be mad at somebody else's success. Exactly. So, I mean, a lot of that's going on. Folks are mad at people who are succeeding with podcasts and the what? Yeah, I mean, you see it. I mean, it's, it's kind of like an underlying thing. You know, nobody's really talking about it now, but it pops up every now and again. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. Nah. So, you folks get mad, but hell, it is what it is. Do your show. Do it because you like doing it. Don't worry about what everybody else got going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the reason, um, well, I don't know, people have different reasons for getting into podcasts and different things. A lot of people want to be famous or whatever. But, um, and that's kind of, you come in there for the wrong reasons, but that's why you got in the podcast, you know? Right. I mean, I think that's where a lot of the jealousy stems from, because I don't see any reason to be upset or jealous at anybody who succeeds at something that they want to do, you know, because it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's silly, man. I don't get it. But no, nah, I mean, good for Rod and Karen. Like I said, I had no idea what was going on with them, because I'd fallen into contact with a bunch of folks. But no, nah, it's good. I'm glad that yeah. they do what they want to do, because Rod, yeah, like you said, that nigga was grinding, man. He was like... He was really like, he still is, I guess, because I see him on Twitter now with a lot of tweets and shit. He was really like a Twitter fanatic and was like just friending everybody and just coming into contact with a whole bunch of folks and just promoting the show, which is what you want to do. You need to get that out there and do that. And he was definitely hard on that shit, heavy into it. Yeah, they they got right now, Rod, they do the show five days a week. They do the show live five days a week. Then they do the, I, I think they got the feedback show on um, Saturdays. And then they got spinoff shows, man. They got like five or six other shows that they do under their whole podcast network. You know, like they got a show called Medium Talk. I've been on Medium Talk, which is Rod. Then they got like a cooking show. They got a movie review show. They got a, a, a show called The Nerd Off. I've been on that show, too, where they talk about comic books, video games, and shit like that. So he's actually been able to kind of like branch his whole thing out. That dude works hard on that shit. I bet. I so, bet. It's good to see that guy getting it, you know, getting it, you know, getting it shine the way that he is it now. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad for a boy because I can tell, like, just by talking to him that he was driven and he was really heavily and he loved the fuck out of podcasting. So that's good. Yeah, man. It's a James Brown. I call him the James Brown of the podcast. <laughs> I, call, I call him the same thing. Yeah, I called him the same thing. I introduced him on the show and I, yeah, I introduced him the exact same way. Played a little music and everything. He is definitely the hardest working brother in podcasting, no doubt. Yeah, man. Yep. I got to get out of here, man. I got to got some weekend obligations to take care of, take my ladies out. So I will talk to you again, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time, sir. No problem. All right, man. Take care.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.